Let's roll up, it's a new high. Good laughs, some good vibes. It's a safe space to talk about all the dope things that's on our mind. From world travel to philosophies, we stay stylish, come and rock with me. It's a good time, we got the sauce to make champagne, which is reality. Uh, we do it for the culture, gotta show them what we can be. This is the high life, yeah, we all so fancy. Keep it a G, cuz we are family. This is the debut time. time. With London Bambi ah, 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 ah. That's my favorite part It's to the debutant With London Bambi <laughs> What's up guys Welcome to the Who Debutant Podcast with London Bambies Before I jump in today's podcast I want to talk about some feedback that I have received From the other two podcasts If you don't know you are listening to episode 3 But the feedback that I have received From the first two podcasts is You guys want visuals (laughs) You guys want to see the way I'm I'm Recording a podcast A lot of my friends, some people online Said hey we want to see you On camera and I'm like Uh, I was a little bit resistant towards it because part of the reasons I was attracted to podcasting is I get to hide physically behind this mic. I could be here in my pajamas. I can have my do-rag on. I could be naked. You guys would never know. I'm just sitting here talking in the mic alone in my room. But you guys guys are like, "Uh uh-uh, we want visuals. So I'm just saying you guys are going to get your visuals. I just need to figure out how I'm going to structure it. I have the social media set up for it. In the meantime, please go follow the hood debutante on tiktok we're on instagram and i'm even on youtube also while you're there go follow my main page at london bambi l-o-n-d-o-n-b-a-m-b-i go follow that instagram because that's also going to be the springboard for other projects that i'm going to launch in 2024 Also, if you want, please go follow my business page, which is at BlackBalloon70. Follow that on Instagram, and that is B-L-A-C-K-B-A-L-L-O-O-N-7-0 on Instagram. And that is where the merch will be dropping because all of my uh, platforms are tied in together and connected together. So a lot of stuff is going to be coming down the pipe. Eventually, it's going to come together. As far as visuals, guys, give me time. Give me time. I'm still new at podcasting, but I will deliver. I just need to figure out how this is going to look, how I'm going to rearrange my room to make sure you have a decent background. And now I have to prepare looks to record because, like I said, I was enjoying the comfort of just being raw, being me. It's just me and my voice. And now y'all like, nah, motherfucker, put on some clothes, do what you need to do. But we want to see you recording. We want to see your facial expressions. And I'm like, yo, Yo, but I got to get the girls what they want, get the people what they want. All right. Now that that is out the way, let's jump into the structure of this podcast. So the structure of this podcast is going to, like always, pretty much start out with me explaining the title of the podcast, which if you don't know, the title of this podcast is called The Sadness in Your Eyes. This podcast will be broken up into three parts. The first part is titled Blessed and Highly Favored. The reason I'm starting off with Blessed and Highly Favored for the first part is because I feel like this podcast is going to have a melancholy undertone. And I do want to explain the parts of my life where I do realize that I'm blessed. Then we're going to go in to a little deeper and the second part of this podcast is called Everybody Can't Come With You. And then we're going to explain 
the sadness that I think people do see in my eyes. And then the last part of this podcast is going to be called Survival's Guilt. And obviously, I'm going to end it with a soundbite or a story or, you know, some type of food for thought for you guys. All right. Let's jump into this first part. The title of this podcast is called The Sadness in Your Eyes. The title pretty much was inspired by this man I met at a bar. A couple of months ago, my friend and I was at this bar, and it was this gentleman that came to sit next to us. While we were sitting there, I was just talking to my friend, and after he had his second drink, he became friendly. He worked his way into the conversation. So we were talking, and as he was looking at me, this guy kept saying to me, he was like, you so beautiful. You are so beautiful. He was from Sweden. I believe Sweden, by the way. He had a very thick accent. And he was like, you are so beautiful. Now, I'm like, okay, thank you. I get it. But by the 10th time, he was like, you're so beautiful. I kind of was like irritated. And I looked at him. I was like, what makes me so beautiful? What makes me so beautiful? So he proceeds to look at me. He was like, I like the structure of your face. But he zeroed in on my eyes. He was like, your eyes are really, really stunning. I find them incredibly beautiful. I can see that there is a hint of sadness in them. My friend was annoyed by it. I was intrigued by it because I'm like, sadness? I surely don't feel sad. I'm, you know, out having fun. I'm talking to you, but I'm looking at him and I'm like, okay. Mm, mm. And then he said that and we went on through the rest of the night. And as I came back home, I remember thinking the sadness in your eyes. He was like, there's a hint of sadness. And I remember he's not the only one that's told me this. I've had a couple of people tell me there's a sense of sadness. <laughs> I don't know if they believe that I'm hiding, which just to make the record straight, that is not how I genuinely feel. If you guys are around me 24-7, my friends know. I don't believe I carry a weight, but I do believe strong empaths are picking up on something. And I took the time to actually, after I left that guy, because again, like I said, it wasn't the first time I heard it, to kind of dig deep. And I'm like, what? is this energy or this part of me that people are feeling. That's where the sadness in your eyes came from because after doing some soul searching, meditating, which I do often, I did come up with some things and I actually feel like I realized what this gentleman was feeling and what other people that could possibly sense this sadness in me was sensing. We're going to jump into part one of this podcast, which is blessed and highly favored. Again, I want to start off with blessed and highly favored because I do feel like as we progress doing this podcast, it's going to kind of have a melancholy tone. So I think it's important that we continue to focus on the positive to let you guys know that I'm not slipping in the state of depression, that I do realize I am indeed blessed and highly favored, but I don't think that's where the sadness is coming from. Where I'm blessed and highly favored in my life is one, I have the strong support of family and friends. And I realize that's not something than everybody have the privilege of having. I have really good friends in my life, meaning friends that I've known over a decade, friends that I don't have to talk to every day. But when we do link up, it's like it was yesterday. I have my nieces, my nephews, cousins I'm still close to. I realize I'm surrounded by love. I And I really, really am. And I don't take that for granted. At all, I also realized that I get to travel. I travel a lot. I get to, if I want to, I pretty much could travel once a month, every month. And I have this year. It just have been of recently where I've just been anchored these past two months because obviously I need to stay grounded. 
but I get to see the world. I get introduced to other cultures. And I think that is huge. And I love that for me. I really, really do. I take good care of myself. I get to go to the restaurants I want to go to. I get to work out when I want to. I live in my dream neighborhood. I love my apartment. I'm surrounded by art and I get to be able to create art for the fun of it because I have time, which is one of the things that I feel makes people rich when you have the time to create and do the things that you want to. And that makes me extremely happy. I get to also wear the clothes I want to wear. Ever since I was a little kid, I've had a fascination with quality clothes. Not necessarily luxury, just quality fabrics. So like nice silks, nice tweeds, you know, cotton that feels really, really good. High tech fabrics. And I have access to all of that. To be honest, my wardrobe is pretty much filled with quality clothes. I do fast fashion. Don't get me wrong. I'm not opposed to a Zara moment, an H&M moment. But I will say for the most part, my wardrobe reflects the way that I want it to. Like since I was a kid, I remember looking in the magazines like Vogue and all these other high end magazines saying, I want to wear that. I want to wear that. And particularly, I remember seeing an ad from Bloomingdale's in Chicago. And I forget which designer it was, but the shirt was like $3,000. And I'm like, I'm going to have that shirt one day. I'm going to have that shirt. And I don't have that exact shirt, but I do have shirts that was of similar qualities, shirts that are one of one, shirts that have been on runways. I have couture pieces, which to this I'm like, wow, I can't believe I accumulated this wardrobe. And that's just being shallow. But for the most part, I'm blessed because of the love I'm surrounded by. I'm blessed because of the freedom that I do have to do what I want to do. And I am blessed because I get to do what I love most, which is create. If you guys know, I am always creating. And like I said in the beginning, follow my main platform, London Bambi. You will see that. So I will say I know that I'm blessed. My parents, unfortunately, are no longer here with me, but I know they are actually smiling down on me. And before my dad passed, we had a whole conversation and I realized that, you know, I did what I always wanted to do, which was make him proud because my dad, I used to feel like had some large shoes to fill. And I remember thinking, oh my God, if only I could be half as good. My dad, before he left, let me know. He was like, yo, you're good enough. And when longest validation came from home, which it has for me, and I got to get it from both of my parents, I feel like nobody could tell me nothing, really. Nobody really can. So I'm blessed in those aspects. I don't have like that type of trauma. Now, part two of this podcast is what made me think. So if I have all of these blessings going on in my life, what is the sadness that the few people that have told me they seen like sadness in me could be feeling? And it leads me to this part two of this podcast. Everybody can't come with you. And when I think about that, that really, really does makes me feel feel some type of way. Even thinking about it now, like I'm, I'm looking at my notes And it's hitting on me as I was putting them together. Everybody can't come with you. So let me tell you what I mean about that. I forget who told me this exactly. It could have, it actually could have been my dad speaking of, but that just means like, you know, as you elevate in life, you're going to look around and those people that was there with you in the mud, there with you when you were growing up, you're going to look up 
And one day they're not just not everybody's going to be there. You're going to have some people there, but not everyone's going to be there. And it reminds me of the first time I actually was able to grasp the concept of being left behind. And I'm going to share a story that my mother told me once, or I can't even say she told me. I believe she was talking to a friend and I was eavesdropping. But the story went, it was about a dream she had. So when I was a kid, I remember hearing my mother say she was having a dream and were more like a nightmare. If I'm going to be honest and she said it was about the rapture and for what do you don't for most of you guys that don't know the rapture is christianity pretty pretty much about the end of the world it was like hells and brimstone god is coming to get his people and everybody else is going to be stuck on hell uh, while the those who did right go to heaven all right so that's pretty much in a nutshell what the rapture is and in this dream my mother said it was the middle of the night and the uh, rapture, I guess, was happening. I was a baby. I was a baby in this dream, in her dream. And I believe I was in the crib next to her and in the bed. And she said in a dream, when she woke up, I was floating. And I was, uh, again, still a baby. I was laughing. I was floating in the air. So she get out of the bed and she tried to grab me. But I started float towards the door. As I'm floating towards the door, my mother said she was running towards me, like, to try to grab me. Like, what is going on while he's floating? I float outside. I guess the front door magically opened. I'm not sure <laughs> how. But I float outside the door. And as I, she sees me floating outside the door, she said the moon was bright. It was a big white moon. And I started to float up in the sky too. Eventually, she couldn't jump up and get me. As I'm floating to the sky, she sees other people floating to the sky. And I look at her and she says, I wave. And I smile and I'm like, bye, 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 bye. Or goo goo, because again, I was a baby. And so I'm floating to the sky. And so she was like, what about me? And she realized that, okay, maybe the rapture is happening. And she was like, what about me? She couldn't get me. And I'm like off into the moon or wherever. And yeah, I think she awoke up. So I remember thinking like, one, oh my God, I don't want to be separated from my mom. Two, that sounds like a really, really terrifying dream. That just sounds, sounds horrible. So that was the first time I kind of realized that everybody can't come with you. All right, so bear with me. I know this dream seemed kind of strange. Fast forward to my life going forward. I learned this concept in real life with a good friend of mine. So when I was a kid and before I moved to the suburbs, I lived in the city of Chicago, which was, you know, pretty much at the time, I would just say that kids are mean. Like I said, I've always been a uh, child, but I had this one best friend. He was like the coolest. He was like the cool guy on the block. So that friendship kind of protected me from a lot of things because he was a tough guy. He was also really smart and he was a very good looking kid. So when we were growing up, we would always go to amusement parks together. We would play together. When I had issues with my homework, he would help me. We were really, really close. Fast forward to my preteen years, I moved to the suburbs, and obviously I started building my life there. He and I would keep in touch every now and then, but we was nowhere keeping in touch as much as we used to when we were growing up, which obviously happened. One day my dad called me, and my dad was like, hey, I was just walking from the grocery store, and I seen that friend of yours. And I was like, okay. And he was like, he was standing in the alley 
And it was two guys standing behind him, one guy standing in front of him. And he said, didn't I tell you to give me my money? You better have my money next time I see you. And he punched the guy in the mouth and he was like blood squirted from that guy's mouth like it was a fountain. Once he realized somebody was watching him, he turned around and he seen it was me. He stepped in front of the guy he had just punched so I wouldn't see him. And he turned into that little boy I remember from when y'all was hanging out. He turned back into that little boy, asked how you were doing, and told me to tell you hi. And I just said, okay. And I went on and went my way. My dad was like, I don't think he's into good things. Like, I think, you know, he went sour somewhere. I'm like, okay, you know, when I see him, I'll talk to him, whatever. I came to the city, I believe, a couple of months after that, and we obviously link up. That day was fun. It was fun until it was almost time for me to go back to my dad's. And he looked at me, and he was like, we can't be friends no more. My heart dropped because this was my first friend. I mean, (laughs) you would think I was going through a breakup. And I was like, what you mean? So he proceeded to tell me. He got into a gang. He was selling drugs. And he, at the time, the drug lords in Chicago, the top drug lord in Chicago, he had gotten her daughter pregnant. So I guess they were inducting him into the family business. I don't know. But I was like, okay. And so he looked at me. He was like, we can't be friends because, honestly, I don't want, I don't want nobody to try to attack you to hurt me. I'm like, whoa. Okay. He was like, in this type of business, if they can't get to me, they will get to you. And I don't want them to do that. I don't want no harm to come to you. So this is pretty much going to be the last time that we see each other. And I was crushed, but I understood because I wasn't about that life. Never have been, never would have been. And it crushed me that he was about that life because this kid was incredibly smart i find myself surrounded by smart people and at a young age i always said if i'm the smartest one in a room i'm going to find another room because i don't want to be the the smartest one in the room i like to be around people i can learn from and hopefully they can learn from me (laughs) some unique and artistic skills but i love being around smart people and all of my friends are smart so that was the last time we seen each other and i felt like damn this journey ends right now The next time I feel like I started to lose people was through actual death. I started to hear about friends that perished in some interesting ways. I started to lose family members that I felt like uh, would live on forever. And that really, really started to weigh heavy on me. Like It was to the point where I'm like, what is going on? And when I moved to New York, that amplified. It was nuts. I lost my cousin since I've been here, you know, I had a nephew die since I've been here, which I never even addressed online. Like it just started to happen. And I felt I moved away. And those people that I was in close proximity to, or grew up with somehow just started to die. And they hadn't even had the chance to reach their full potential. And it It hurts because I'm looking at me and I'm like, come on now, I'm going in this direction. And I felt I was looking back and seeing people who I wanted to be here with me go in the opposite direction or become worse off after I left. Last but not least, the last thing that really, really, really inspired this podcast is even as a Recently, as about a week ago or this past weekend, I received some news some very sad news about another person I grew up in close proximity with that was found dead 
under sinister circumstances. Not a lot of details have come out about this situation. I hadn't discussed this situation with anybody other than my brother, but it it bothers me because there's there's a lot of questions and this person didn't deserve whatever supposedly could have possibly happened to them from what I've gotten. It just wasn't the way they found them. They weren't in the best shape. And I know who this person was around and I know the kind of dark energy that infiltrated this person's life. And it just crushed me. It really, really did. So I say not everybody could come with you because I come to find that out to be very true in my life. Not saying everybody that's not coming ends like in a tragic way, but a lot of people that you form bonds with, a lot of people that you loved, a lot of people that you really, really felt was going to be there forever, I learned will not be there forever. And there's a quote that someone told me, because you guys know I love my quote, a quote, and the quote goes... (laughs) People come into your life for a reason, season, or lifetime. And I began to quickly find out, yes, I have lifetime people, which I discussed them in the Blessed and Highly Favored portion of this podcast, part one. But I also realized that I had a lot of lessons, and I had a lot of seasons. Some seasons were long, some seasons were short, but a lot of people I had to let go of once, some because they were trying to stunt my growth, too. They weren't in alignment with me. Or three, like I said, they just pretty, pretty much died. So whether I had to make the decision for them to leave my life or not, it hurts. It hurts. Whether they was ripped away from my life or whether I had to walk away from them while I was still in love. I understood that I have a journey. I know my journey and I don't intend on let anybody knock me off my journey. And it would have been nice to have a lot of these people on there. But the reality of that situation is it was never going to happen. That leads me to part three of this podcast, which is called Survivor's Guilt. I'm going to read the definition of Survivor's Guilt that I got off the internet. So, Survivor's Guilt. Survivor's Guilt is a a condition of persistent mental and emotional stress experienced by someone who has survived the incident in which others have died. For an example, he escaped with his life but suffered from Survivor's Guilt. I don't know. I can't say I have survival's guilt. I do often look back and try to find out where my life took a turn for the better. And those I see that I was surrounded by and whose life I seen deteriorate. I try to figure out where did their life take a turn for the worse. What, What was that one thing that made me go this way and made their life go the opposite direction and I really can't figure that out I really 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 can I do think I try to make the best decisions I can for myself whether it is hard or not I I definitely try to live my life with integrity honesty love and respect but I feel like there was angels protecting me I've always told you guys oh maybe I haven't gotten to this part yet sorry I'm confused I'm really thinking I'm talking to my friends but um for those of you who don't know I have a good relationship with my guardian angels I am a very spiritual person and I do believe I am divinely protected like it is crazy I've always felt that way at a young age but I believe we all have access to these guardian angels and I just don't understand why some people lives like really 
I don't know. Like, it's it's not the best life. Some people aren't living a best life. If we're going to be real, we like to think everybody is living a best life. Some people are really struggling in this world, and that does bothers me. That, that, that bothers me because I'm an empathetic person, and it bothers me even more when it's somebody that I know. And, yeah, so long and short of it, the sadness in your eyes that night that I met that gentleman back to the um, now we're going back to the title of this podcast, the sadness in your eyes that night. I met that gentleman and he said he's seen sadness behind my eyes. I do believe he might be seeing this. He might be seeing a little bit of survivor's guilt. He might be seeing me still mourning the loss of people who could not be in that seat that he was in friends that I thought I would be toasting and cheering with forever family members that that would never get to see me reach the heights I'm going to reach or me see them reach the potential that they had to reach. It's, I think there's weight. Now, I don't like, again, like I said, I'm not walking around every day, mopey, sad, thinking about it. But I do think people who are deep in paths can tap into that because we all carry some sort of minor sadness. Whether you address it or not, I believe we all do because you cannot go through this life being unscathed, whether it happens to you personally. And a lot of things that makes me sad hasn't happened to me personally. And remember, I told you talked about conflict resolution and how that would tie into a lot of things. I believe this is the pillar of man versus his environment. And it could also be man versus man because the people that I am mourning are people that are outside of myself, obviously, but people that I've had relationship with. Like if something bad happened to them, I feel like it's happening to me because I don't want to see anybody I know suffering regardless of what it is. And also it's man versus his environment because I have to witness this. I have to hear about these things. So although I'm here in New York, news from Chicago about somebody that I once knew would get to me because of the connections. That is the sadness I feel like this gentleman seen that night and maybe possibly other people have seen now I'm going to share a soundbite that I got off of Instagram that I feel like is really appropriate for this podcast and it pretty much in alignment with the melancholy feel for it. And this I got from, I think the page was called Stoic Dreams. And as I was listening to it, I'm like, you know what? That'd be a nice way to end this podcast with this little soundbite. So I hope you guys enjoy. And here is a little soundbite from Stoic Dreams on Instagram. When someone asks what I'm scared of, I play it basic and say the dark. Sometimes I'll say heights, needles, or even sharks. Maybe I'll say spiders, or flying above the ground. I'll say confined spaces, or even pain and loud sounds. But I hide my real fears, and put it on a far shelf. Because my biggest fear is that you'll see me the way I see myself. Thank you, guys. Thank you guys again for tuning in to week three of the Who Debutant podcast. I really, really appreciate you guys. Know that I love each and every last one of you, and we're only going to get better and better. And until next Wednesday, peace. <laughs>